Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Monday, April 24th. It is a couple of minutes past 10 o'clock and you're watching right now live on YouTube, live on Facebook and live on Twitter. And you probably have one eye on me and you probably have one eye on the game uh, featuring the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Leafs are up by uh, two games to one. There is about four minutes to go in period number three in this one and Tampa Bay holding on to a one goal lead. They lead by a score of four to three. So I, too, have one eye on the screen and one eye straight at you. Welcome, welcome. It's a sick podcast brought to you in part by La Bit at TB, of course. La Bit at TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And I want to say hello to everyone at the Geloso Beverage Group, including my, my and especially my good buddy, Aldo Geloso. Aldo, how are you? La Bitta TB. Aldo distributes that all over. You can find it... Uh, pretty much in uh, in grocery stores and uh, everywhere throughout the province. And um, my buddies, Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard over at Energy Transportation Group. Gentlemen, we very much thank you for your support. Speaking of which, one guy who has been a big support to the podcast is Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. What's going on, Mr. Engels? What's up, Tony? Everything good? Everything's very, very good. How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, I've been enjoying the playoff hockey as much as anybody. It's been pretty exciting to watch. Uh, it really has been. And, uh, you know, I've said on more than one occasion uh, that I, you know, for what it's worth, I think there's too many games in the National Hockey League regular season. Uh, and that's not going to change because the National Hockey League is big business. I mean, I had this conversation uh, with a buddy of mine. Who did I speak to a couple of days ago? And he was saying that... Um, um, I was speaking to a buddy of mine, my buddy Paolo, and he says to me, he says, um, I said, I, Paolo, the Bruins are looking good. And uh, I said, man, they're, they're, they're doing it without Patrice Bergeron, without David Krejci. And he said to me, he says, ah, Tony, you know what? Well, I don't watch as much hockey as I used to. And he's just over 50. And obviously we do because we work in the biz. We've got no other choice. If you don't watch the games, you're going to be exposed. Um, but um, 
you know, you just said, as you get older, there's so many things going on. And I said, yeah. And I said, Paulo, I said, look, in my world, in my world, right? Even though, I mean, this is what we do. Sports is our thing. But man, would it be convenient if the National Football League, for example, played on one day, which they do on Sundays, or maybe two days, which they do, you know, during the week as well on Thursdays uh, or, or Monday Night Football or whatever. But let's just say the National Football League picked two days a week. I have to interrupt you just because yeah. my face contorted as you were telling the story. And it's because I just saw the Leafs tie this game. They tied it up. Wow. So you know what? You're ahead of me. And there we go. I just saw them tied up right now. Wow. Look at that. Morgan Riley, who scored the game winner in game number three, he ties the game at four. Two nights and, in a row, uh, two Canadian teams are racing three goal deficits. We'll see where this one res- ends for Toronto. They're going nuts oh, at Leaf Square, right? They're going absolutely nuts at Leaf Square. You know, uh, Renault Lavoie of TVA Sport earlier this evening uh, on GC at TVA Sport Television, um, he, um, he pointed something out. Vasilevsky, prior to tonight's game, all seven goals that beat him, were blocker side. I repeat, prior to tonight's game, all seven goals were blocker side. When it's two, when it's three out of seven, when it's four out of seven, when it's five out of seven, when it's six out of seven, when it's seven out of seven, you got to think there's a scouting report there and they saw something. You have to think. Now, I'm trying to go through the first three goals of the of the, the, the Toronto score tonight which right now everything's a little bit of a blank, but this goal that just went in right now, that one there's blocker side. I don't know if there's anything to that. Like I've never felt there was anything to that because I don't know of a goalie in the world whose strong side is their blocker side. I I hear you. That'll always be the weakness for pretty much any goalie unless they catch um, right-handed. Yeah. Uh, At which point it becomes a bit of a different story. And, and Tavares is providing a screen. But, but early on, Eric, Vasilevsky, as with all Russian goalies, you know, their, their glove usually is not at 100%. And uh, I, I, early on in his career, he put so much emphasis on trying to improve the glove. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. For the most part, the, the, the glove is a stronger side than the blocker side. Uh, now, you're ahead of me here, but there was a two-on-one, which just became a three-on-two. Alex Kaloran just got stopped on a three-on-two. He's got two goals in this hockey game. He's flying. This is the best hockey game I've seen Alex Kalorn play in a long time. He's been by far the best player on the ice for either team. But yeah. uh, I'm surprised Tampa finds itself in this situation right now. And I'm you know, not. How could you not be? Like, how could you not be? Them giving up a three goal lead in the third period. Oh, is, that, yeah. That, that is anti Tampa. That is not yeah. the Lightning who we've known for the last number of years. They, they are. Wizards at, at basically closing out games like this. Regular season playoffs doesn't really matter what time of year. They, they yeah. typically get it done. Yeah. And I don't know how this one's going to turn out. Like, I I didn't know what was going to happen yesterday. I knew that at 3 nothing with the, the Oilers down that it would be foolish to count them out after one period, especially given what they can do um, and the talent level that they have. But even going into overtime, I still felt pretty confident that the Kings were going to win. Yeah. And sure enough, they didn't. And right now, like, I know people from Montreal are not going to like to hear it. The Leafs, Tell me. the Leafs are different. This is a different Leafs team. Yes, a lot of the same components, but a lot of differences. And it's not just that guys like O'Reilly have come in. Like, if you go back to the beginning of this game, like Austin Matthews, the shot that he blocked, um, just certain things that have happened. Riley, the way uh, – they're, the game that they lost in this series, yeah. yeah. Morgan Riley was the worst player on the ice. I mean, he was he was brutal. Like he had a brutal, brutal game. He was probably their best player last game, which is a pivotal game in the series. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know where this is going. I picked Toronto to win this series in seven games. Yeah, and I felt that. I think a lot of people would have looked at it and been like, if this goes to seven games, they don't have a chance because of their history and the pressure. But I felt like that that's kind of the way for them to get over the hump is, is to have that type of test in the first round and then really go. Right now, I'm not sure if they if they win this game and go up 3-1 back to Toronto. Yeah. 
which, by the way, they have one win in their last 18 attempts when they're leading a series. This year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. Eric, if they win tonight, they're they're closing it off game five in Toronto. I'll give you, Eric, for what it's worth, I'll give you two predictions. If Tampa Bay wins tonight, the series is going seven. If Toronto wins tonight, it's over next game in Toronto. Toronto will will close it off at home. I'll say if if Tampa wins tonight, all bets are off. And, and yes, I would agree it's going seven. And and my initial prediction that Toronto will win could be wrong. Like, I, I don't – I was thinking about it last night about the Oilers. Like, if the Oilers come back from 3 nothing down yeah, and then down 4-3 in the third period because, holy shit, Tony. Like, they claw their way back into the game last night. Yeah. And then the third period starts. They give up a, two, a three-on-two, a two-on-one, a goal, and then take a penalty all within the first – five minutes and two seconds of the period. And I'm thinking like, man, it's, it's time this team like changed its brand. Like, yeah. like how predictable is this, that they do this? Like I was thinking if they still manage to come back from three, nothing down and then four, three down in the third period and lose the game, how devastating that, that actually would have been. I think it's, it would have been even more devastating than the Kings losing last night after having a three, nothing yeah. lead. Because they just know, like Edmonton can score. If Toronto mounts this comeback in this game, and then they end up losing in some sort of devastating fashion again, mm-hmm. who knows where where this goes from here? But I agree yeah. with you. If they win, and they go back to Toronto with a three one series lead, and the way this has gone, I like their chances. They have not been the better of the two teams, though through the last two games and they're lucky to be in this game and they're lucky to have won the last one. Yeah. Um, I hear you, but, uh, but the, but the, the fact that it are... went their way, like yeah. the fact that they actually pulled it off in those circumstances, that to me is, that's a different thing. Oh, Nick Paul here. just missed a big chance with just over a minute to go in, uh, in regulation Tampa's pressing here in the final minute, but, uh, so far it's still tied at, uh, at four. And uh, we're 50 seconds away from overtime, and you're you're probably ahead uh, of me. We're, we're going to talk Habs in just a second here, all right? Because Kent Hughes is at the U18 Worlds. He had a chance to speak with Brian Mudrick. They talked about Lane Hudson and the year that he had. Uh, talked about uh, some of the things where he's coming along with his game. Uh, you know, Caden uh, Primo uh, says that uh, he's ready for the National Hockey League. Um, you know, we're going to discuss whether or not it's going to be with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we're also going to discuss uh, Jake Allen, whether or not he can battle for the number one job again, or whether or not he'll be a big brother. And there was an interesting piece in the Journal de Montreal, which I really, really liked. Uh, it's pretty cool. And it was finding the ideal line mate for Suzuki and Caulfield. So we'll get to that. I just want to finish off with this regarding the Lightning and, and the Leafs. And I'm going to say it because... I just, I don't know, I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who's feeling this way and going through what I'm going through. What am I talking about? I'm talking about, and I know even though, even though uh, many Montreal Canadiens fans would like nothing more than to see Toronto lose. You talked about the fact that Toronto's different this year, and I'm going to talk to you about something. I don't know if I've ever gone through a roller coaster of emotions more so than I have in this series right now between Tampa Bay and Toronto. Part of me wants Toronto to lose because it's just funny watching them lose all the time, right? It gives us something to to joke about with Toronto Maple Leafs fans. It gives us something to ridicule. Maple Leafs fans, it gives us something to say about the city of Toronto because there's not much else we can say. They've found a way to lose in the first round so many times that it's almost comical, and if they would do it again, it would be really, really funny. Another part of me is watching the fans at Leaf Square, and I'm. it's so cool to see them so ecstatic when Toronto score and when Toronto wins that part of me doesn't want them to go through another disappointment and then there's that part of me that really likes tampa bay and thinks you know what tampa bay is a really good team and they got really good players and they're playoff performers and there's a lot of people in that organization that i like personally julian brisebois is one matthew darsh is another goalie coach franz jean is another 
and the list goes on and on. And there's more. Alex Kaloran, of course, from La Belle Provence, uh, you know, just talking about, of course, the connection. Um, but, you know, another part of me says that this is Toronto's year and, and they and Kyle Dubas went out and he added six players like right before the deadline. Like he did everything he needed to do for this team. And that part of me wants to see them win. But at the same time, it would be funny if they lose. Eric, I'm torn. And I spoke with my cousin Rick yesterday. And he said, I've never gone through so many emotions as I have during this series. I said, Rick, I'm feeling the exact same way. Part of me wants Toronto to lose. Uh, or No, part of me wants Toronto to win. But I would never, like, admit that type of thing, even though I think I just did. Anyway, so I'm not the only one going through this. There's others, too. Yeah, I'm kind of completely emotionally divorced from all of it. It's been too long that I've been covering the NHL for me to really be pulling for anybody. I want to see the best possible story. Um, you know, whether that's Toronto winning or Tampa quieting critics once again. Yeah. Um, people that are counting them out and people that are probably counting them out right now, seeing the way this game kind of evolved. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I, lo- I want to see this go six overtimes in a seventh game. Like, yeah, give me the best possible kind of storyline to follow and I'm, I'm all in on that like that's that to me is the fun yeah. of the playoffs and the fun of the first round and like it's not just this series I, I'm I've really enjoyed watching Minnesota Vegas uh, sorry Minnesota Dallas yeah. Vegas Winnipeg um, <clears throat> New Jersey New York has probably been the dud for me it's been the one that I'm not I thought it would be much better hockey than what we've watched through four games but yeah Still, you know, like I, <clears throat> I, I don't. If I were to put on like a certain hat and look at it, if you're a Canadians fan and you hate the Maple Leafs more than anybody, you should kind of want to see them go to Game Seven of the Conference Finals and then have the most devastating, heartbreaking loss possible. Like I think that would be you know, funnier if you're a Canadians fan than them failing again in the first round or whatever it is. Like, let the hope build up as much as possible and then have it snatched away. Um, But honestly, like, personally, I think it would be tremendous to see Toronto run as far as they possibly can if they deserve to go. And, like, it's – I just think hockey's better with the Canadian teams – considering what the fan bases yeah. go through and what, how much it means to them going as far as possible on their own merit. You know, I, I don't want to see any team doesn't matter who they play for, or where they play luck their way through. And when people said that Montreal got lucky in 2021, I really took exception to that. Like I watched and analyzed every single one of those games and they deserved to be where they ended up and they deserved to lose in the end to Tampa Bay. It just, they were the only team in the playoffs that played better team hockey than the Canadians did that year, and they lost. Um, but people who said, oh, they got lucky to get there, and oh, the Canadian division, and they're like, nobody played better team hockey than they did, except for Tampa. So it's kind of the same thing. Whoever merits getting that far and getting in there, you know, that's the story that you want to see develop. I think that's yeah. what makes it exciting. All right, you talked about the Rangers. I'm pretty devastated because if the Rangers win the Cup this year and uh, they would need to win 14 more games for them to do that, by the way, and that's a lot, uh, Tony Marinaro is going to make a dollar or two. So I'm definitely pulling for them, financially speaking. That I'll tell you because at one point, about a month ago, I thought the odds were really, really good. So uh, I jumped on them. And what a crazy series. The Rangers go to Jersey. They win the first two games on the road. And the Devils go to Madison Square Garden. They win the next two on the road. And this series is tied at two. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the Devils win tonight by a score of three to one. All right. Let's talk to the let's talk about the Canadians. Kent Hughes is at the under 18 Worlds. And once again, he spoke with Brian Mudrick. And they talked about Lane Hudson. Uh, and they talked about the 2005 draft class, which are the players that will be drafted this year. And he just talked about, you know, what an outstanding year that Lane had. And uh, he talked about him growing. He said he grew, and he said he's a, you know, dynamic offensive talent. Now, we know that he's um, he's going to return, 
uh, for one more year to his club. So my question to you is, when you look in your crystal ball, when do you see Lane Hudson joining the Montreal Canadiens? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. The, the fact is that I have not watched enough of Lane Hudson to be able to tell you that guaranteed by the end of next year, he'll be ready to play in the NHL. Yeah. Do I think that's a probability? Yes. Do I do I know fully what role he'll be able to fill and what hole will be open and available to him as of uh, you know the fall of 2024? It's like too early. Like I think what he did this year was tremendous. And knowing that he's going back to school, I look forward to seeing how he builds on that, if he can build on it. Because if he does and he continues to fill out, then, you know, logically you you would be able to have a much better idea of what he projects as an NHL player. I have heard a lot of people kind of talk about him as a there's no real comparable. I don't know if I agree with that. Like I I, I and his skating would need to improve, but I mean Quinn Hughes has been a pretty successful defenseman at his size in this NHL. Yeah, yeah you're right about that, of course. Um, Hudson does not skate like Hughes. Hudson is incredibly evasive and intelligent like Hughes, but his skating would have to come a long way to be on the same level. Yeah, yeah, Hughes um, flies. Hughes flies. And he'd, he'd have to be a smarter and more dynamic player than Hudson if, if that were to become true that he would compare – but I do think there is a precedent in terms of playing in the NHL on defense at that size. And I've always said, yeah. and I asked this question of Marty St. Louis at some point this year, um, defense forward different and different eras of hockey. But what made Marty St. Louis successful as a player, I mean, there's a hundred things, but one of them was that he completely avoided getting blown up. Like he, he, he there's not a lot of highlights over Marty St. Louis' long NHL career where he's on the other end of a devastating hit. No, there aren't. You think at that no, size yeah. it would happen, right? Like, And I've always felt that there's one of two things you need if at that size. You either need to be a genius on the ice or you have to be extremely fast and elusive. Mm-hmm. He had both those things. Um, Hudson is a genius on the ice in his own right. Quinn Hughes is a brilliant player who is extremely fast and elusive. So if Hudson can improve his skating a little bit, then we see that over the next year, I'd be willing to say, you know what? Yeah. This kid is going to be a top power play quarterback and uh, have the potential to be at the minimum a top four defenseman and at his peak uh, a number two or a number one, depending on what role he fills within a top pairing. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that he went from like five seven to like five nine and a half in like one year or something or less. It's it's, it's pretty it's pretty uh, remarkable. Um, but then again, there are players like I I, I know somebody who uh, who who, uh, who grew I, I don't know about uh, eight inches in a year. Uh, some grow faster than others. Um, you know what's pretty amazing, Eric? He led all players with forty eight points. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, with his Boston University team, and he's the youngest player on the team, and he's a defenseman. I mean, think of that, okay? That, that, does not, that doesn't necessarily mean that this guy's going to be, you know, the next big thing in the National Hockey League. But to lead your team in points as a defenseman and to be the 
youngest player on the team and to be the smallest player on the team. I mean, we're talking about a special talent here. The Canadians that year, uh, that year, the Canadians also a couple of years prior to that, uh, to his being, to him being drafted, I think two years before, had drafted Luke Tuck. Remember that? Drafted Luke Tuck. He's Alex mm-hmm. Tuck's younger brother. Uh, they drafted him in the second round, 47th overall of the 2020 draft. Luke Tuck is two years older than Lane Hudson. Luke Tuck is a winger and not a defenseman. Luke Tuck finished 11th in points on the team. He finished 28 points behind Lane Hudson. Six goals less and 22 assists less. He's two years older, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's a winger, and he played a game more. And Hudson more than doubled him in point production. Yeah, it says a lot about Hudson. Um, if the idea is that it says something about Luke uh, uh, about um, Luke Tuck also. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was not drafted to, to be a, an elite goal scorer. No, no, he wasn't. You're right. Like, and and there are a lot of players like Luke Tuck who, as they physically mature and get into the NHL, if they're able to hone in on what their brand is, um, winning pucks and whatever it is, they become extremely valuable. Um, and people might look at that statement and say, well, what do you mean by extremely valuable? Well, take a look at what Tanner Janot went uh, to, to Tampa for, like what that trade was from Nashville. They become extremely valuable. Yeah, um, if Luke Tuck fulfills his promise, he'd be that type of player. I'm not suggesting that he will be, and I haven't seen enough of Luke Tuck to be able to tell you what he's going to be when the time comes. But I know what he's working on in terms of his development plan, and it's certainly not the same thing that you would you would get out of Elaine Hudson or anybody else who was drafted to produce points. You know, so we'll see. I it would have been nice if they drafted someone more like his brother in terms of if they wanted a sure thing, but the Canadians could really use some size within their pipeline. Yeah. And I wonder if it'll be something they look at in this draft as much as everybody wants them to draft the best players available. And I think this management team is very much committed to that. <clears throat> it's impossible not to look at their prospect pool and take a look at one of the gaps. And, and it is size. Uh, Lane Hudson, extremely promising. Sean Farrell, I know there's a lot of people that are going to judge him based on a four or five small sample size. Yeah, very small. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Farrell is an extremely dynamic, intelligent hockey player who can develop into a really, really good player if they play the cards right. And if he does his part, because he has his part, he's got to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Like he can be a really good hockey player. But again, these are small guys we're talking about. Is Owen Beck overly large? Not nope. really. He's no, not he's small. Not. He's not small, but he's not. You know, Slavkovsky is is a very big player. That's yes. one. You know, if you look at their prospect pool on the whole, size is something they are missing. Uh, Anthony Rodia invites you on his uh, totally relatable tour. Buy your tickets now on Ticketmaster.ca, and you are guaranteed an evening full of stomach pains and tears of laughter. By the way, stomach pains in a, in a good way, right? Not stomach pains in a bad way where you're going to spend the night in the bathroom. No, that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, presented by Just for Laughs, and we will be announcing our giveaway winners on tomorrow's show. I very much look forward to that. All right. So, also, a shout-out. Um, to my buddy uh, Mario Ruffalo over at VPR Impex, by the way, vprimpex.com. Uh, Vapore Ecological Dry Vapor Cleaning Technology from VPR Impex allows you to clean and distinct, uh, pardon me, and disinfect surfaces faster and more efficiently without the need for harsh chemicals. We're just talking about water, and by the time it actually cleans it, it's dry. So you can steam your bed, and it's dry, and you can sleep on it. You can steam your windows, your fridge, your dishwasher, your floors, your walls, your anything, right? And not only for residential, by the way, for commercial hospitals, old age homes, you name it. Uh, they're at 16641 Hymas Boulevard in Kirkland. Once again, it's vprimpex.com. All right, okay. Um, Caden Primo. 
Caden Primo, we saw he was really amazing in the last week, week and a half of the Rockets' regular season to help propel them in the playoffs. Uh, I think it was his last regular season game. He just absolutely stood on his head and made over 40 saves. It was amazing. Uh, in the playoffs, he played very, very good hockey as well. Uh, but unfortunately, in the first round versus the Utica Comets, uh, in what was a best of three, uh, Laval was uh, swept 4-0. Um, they lost game one, and 2-1, they lost game two. So they lost both games, and they're out. Caden Primo says, I'm ready to close out my AHL career. It was fun while it lasted. I'm ready for the show. I'm ready for the National Hockey League. I, to that, you say what? I don't know. Like, have you, I, I would like to see a direct quote on that. Like, I'd like to see what he was asked and what he actually said. Got it. Um, but if somebody's putting the question to him, like, you think you're ready for the NHL, I would hope his answer would be yes. Of course. Of course. Um, that's what you want to guys say. Of course. Uh, he's waiver eligible. Yes, he is. So he better be saying it um, because if yeah. he doesn't get his chance with the Canadians at a camp, yeah, he would hope that somebody else is going to take a chance on him and he'll have an opportunity to play in the league. I don't think it's out of the question, and I would not suggest that the Canadians would do this for an entire season. Okay. But if, nothing, cha- if nothing changed in their net, if they didn't make an acquisition over the summer months for a goaltender, yeah. if they didn't trade one out of town, I don't think it's out of the question that they would start the season with three guys on the roster. It's not ideal. Yeah. Especially when you consider how many defensemen are in the running for a job with Montreal this Correct. season coming up. Correct. Um, you know, that would likely mean if they put three on the roster that they would have 12 forwards instead of 13. But it's better from an asset management perspective than losing somebody for no good reason. And it's a shitty thing the way it runs in terms of the waiver clock and college guys. And like Florida didn't want to lose Samuel Montombo and they did. No, Yeah, they they did. Well, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. See, you know, based on everything we saw this year, it wasn't Jake Allen's best year. He's got the extension kicking in here, I think, at 3.875 or something like that. You think Jake Allen's tradable? Yes. Is he tradable? Absolutely. Okay. Will he be traded? Uh, not so sure. It, yeah. it really depends on what's available to the Canadians, how they intend on addressing goaltending. Yeah. You know, I will say one thing is certain. The Canadians are looking for solutions in goal. As much as what they like – of what they saw this year from Sam Montembeau and they have every reason to like it. They're not hitching their entire wagon to him. Like they, they know that they're going to have to find a goaltender to either support Sam and, and play a one B or one a situation with him. Yeah. Or, uh, and, and that's, you know, I'm talking about in their general plan. I'm not talking about necessarily for next season, but the sooner, the better. You know, like they, they, if they have an opportunity this summer to get a goaltender who is better than Montembeau, they will take that opportunity. I mean, and if they do, then they'll obviously have to make room for that goaltender. And I doubt it'll be by trading a player like Primo versus one like Allen. I mean, it's asset management. They're, they're not dumb, these guys. They know what they're doing in that department. And if they do let Primo go, it's they've they've made their judgment on him, and and will take the risk on being wrong on it. You know, there's so, a lot of goaltenders in this league that are just yeah. maturing at later ages, unfortunately. Yes, that's true. The system is set up as such that you really are prone to losing them by the okay. time you have to give them a chance. Like that's just the way it is, and that's how the Canadians ended up with with Sam Montembeau. By the time the Canadians become a contender, and by the way, that that can happen. You know, they win the draft and they get Connor Bedard. They might, you know, be knocking on the door for a playoff spot next year. They might make the playoffs. But let's just say the Canadians end up drafting fifth, sixth, or seventh. Okay. Um, by the time they become a contender, will Jake Allen be on this team? No. 
then you should try and trade him and keep Primo. And now Primo might not be on this team by the time he be, they become a contender either, because the fact of the matter, you know, he just might not be good enough. Okay. But, you know, if you let Let's Primo, put it another way. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt you. you yeah, no, 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 really no, please, please ask me the you question. A, you sure. asked the right question. You asked okay. the right question. I'm going to ask you the same question. Yes. Will the Canadians be a contender when when Jake when Jake out with Jake Allen still on the team? Like, will they hit that within his contract frame? Is your answer also no? They'll be a playoff team, I believe, yeah. in two years from now. I don't think they're yeah. going to make the playoffs they're next year. I do believe they're going to make the playoffs the year after. If you want to look at it with Mark Bergevin's, but not a couple. Well, but well, Bergevin will tell you you get the playoffs and anything can happen. I'll tell you that I don't think they would be, and I would think they would be still too young and too inexperienced at that point. Okay. So then but, there's no there's no real urgency okay. to address the hole they have in net unless they find someone who absolutely does address it within the window they're looking to enter that helps them now and in the future. Oh, the Lightning are going to take a penalty here in overtime. Yeah, I see it. So yeah. there's no so – Sergeyev. So the there's box. no urgency, right? Like there's no there's no urgency to solve the problem if you know no. that you're at least two years out from contending. But 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 I'll come back with another question again. Okay, if you trade Allen, do you think you're going to end up regretting anything going forward? Now, if you let Primo walk, do you think he it could come back to bite you? And look, most people right now that are watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live based on the sample size, based on what they've seen from Primo at the National Hockey League level, are not betting on him. And I understand that. I understand that. But I'm still going to ask the question, is there a risk that you might regret having Primo walk? And I yes. think that risk is there because he's still young. He's 100%. big. He's big. Uh, the, the, the family genes are there. And like you pointed out, before rightfully so goalies develop at later ages so that risk is there i don't think you're going to regret anything if you trade allen you can regret letting primo walk there are a lot of people who i've spoken to within the organization who really like primo and still absolutely believe in him and for every fan that's out there that doesn't they're the same people that said that when Sam Montembeau came to the Canadians, he was not an NHL goaltender. Yeah. And also the same people that were lobbying for, for to, to become anointed the number one after five good games this year. Like, yeah, this is the nature of the position. It, players develop later and they tend to surprise you in terms of what their ability is. And there was a point in time when Caden Primo was on the verge of signing with the Canadians where Canadians fans were desperate for that signing to happen and happen as quickly as possible. And that potential is still in there, especially at 23 years old. So if you're asking me if the Canadians have the potential of regretting letting him go for nothing or losing him, wow. Mm -hmm. Sorry to be ahead of you here, but they scored. Toronto Maple Leafs are up 3-1 in this series. Wow, look at that. Look at that. You are ahead of me, and here we go. Is Cali Yonkrook, maybe? I didn't Back see who scored it. Giordano. Giordano shoots, deflected in front. There we go. Was it nice? Is it? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, in Toronto, they're going nuts. I, I think Tampa Bay was calling for a high stick there and stuff like that. That's not a high stick. That's not a high stick. No, no, no. I don't know. The lightning are not moving. The lightning are not moving. Well, the coaches are going to take a look at this, oh, right? It looks like Kerfoot scored it. Yeah. Yeah. The coaches are going to take a look at this. Oh, my gosh. If this is called back. It won't be called back. I don't see that as a high stick. Oh, I don't, I don't see that as a high stick. It's going to be a close call, but I agree. It's probably going to count. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I take a look at Stamkos' face, and I, I think Tampa Bay, the, the players know that. Let's take a look at this replay. Wow. There we go. Kerfoot's in front. Ooh. That's, no, that's, are, good. that's, that's good. a good goal. Those are quick hands, though. Eh? That's going to be a good goal, for sure. Yeah, that's a good goal. That's I'd a be good shocked goal. if that was called back. Yeah, it's under the bar. It's way under the bar. That is wow. Uh, 
I don't know if I agree that Toronto. Oh, that's a good goal. It's not even close. It's not even close to being high stick. That's a good goal. I don't know if I agree that that Toronto is going to win this series in five games. It's over. But I do believe they're going to win it, even if it goes to seven. Yeah. I believe they're going to win it. Yeah. Different Um, Leafs team this year. Different Leafs team. Kyle Dubas, Jason Spezza, there they are. Yeah. All right. Could you, Dubas, I mean, we, we saw we saw the um, uh, the video uh, last game of him heckling a fan and going back and uh, a couple of F-bombs were thrown and stuff like that. I don't want to excuse him because there's no way he should have done that. But on another note, could you imagine the pressure on Kyle Dubas this year for his team to pass the first round? It's got to be, like, unbelievable. Like, the pressure is going to be incredible. He doesn't have but, a contract. Yeah. The... the, the um, the margin of victory, though, eh, in this series, I mean, the, yeah, 3-1 one way, it could easily be 3-1 the other way. That's just the way it is, and that's why playoff like, hockey is absolutely amazing. Logically, though. I know what you meant. Like, you bet on Toronto to win in five now? Yeah. What's the Lightning's record in elimination games over the last three years? This they, is not the same Lightning, Eric. They're tired, man. Like yeah, I, I, I really believe, I but really like believe you just that. you just finished saying the margin for error. I, I, in the series I, I, yeah, like yeah, but they were the better team over the last two games and ended they up were. losing. They were. I just I think I just think to avoid elimination, right? You're gonna have two very hungry teams. You're gonna have one team that's gonna be very hungry to close it, another team that's gonna be very hungry to avoid it. And and Tampa, you know, in three years of going to the final, it's like they played four playoff years, and I think Toronto's will in Game Five will be stronger than Tampa's. You're speaking logical. It's and all it's all this, logic. This is not the there. same. This is not the same, Andre Vasilevsky. I'm sorry, but this season he was very, very average, and thus far in the playoffs, he's been average at best. Well, I'm pretty sure Brian Elliott's not starting Game Five. Well, I can guarantee you that he's not. But, I mean, you know, if Vasilevsky was at his best, I can tell you that, you know what, he can go into Toronto and steal the game. I don't think Vasilevsky can steal a game versus Toronto right now. Listen, yeah, just all lo- everything you're saying is logical. Add in the fact that Hedman's playing at probably 60% of his capacity, maybe less. And Chernak was a huge loss. Like, huge, huge, huge loss. Yeah. Um, We'll see what happens. I would not bet against Tampa in the next game, but I would bet against them in this series at this point. It's. I think it's done. I think Toronto will win this series. I hope so because. But uh, I would not bet on Tampa making it a series. I would not. I would not bet against that. I would not bet against that. We have a, a loyal uh, viewer, uh, Raymond Singh, uh, real estate guru. Singh sign sold. Uh, when the series was tied at one, he told me that Tampa Bay would win it. And I said, no, this is Toronto's year. And he said, lunch. I said, yes. He said, 40 West. I said, yes. Uh, to Raymond Singh, sign sold. Make that filet mignon, please. And shh, don't tell anyone this. And I know that I'm going to regret saying this because people are going to be able to go back and watch it. But I like mine well done. Shh. Butterfly. Don't tell anybody. I said it already. I think that's my time to exit here. Oh, my God. Eric, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Be well, Tony. All right. Take care. There you have it. Eric Engels of Sportsnet at Sportsnet.ca. There's something that I wanted to get to, which was an ideal line mate for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. But you know what? I'm going to get to that maybe in the next day or two. Uh, But first and foremost, I'm going to bring in uh, my buddy Chris. Dick Sports Cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. Yeah, Six Sports Cards is presented by Sport La Tornade. Sports Cards, collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil, Dorion. All right. What's going on, my man? Not much, not much. I just uh, was watching you guys. I couldn't uh, see the game, but I... Uh... Heard that the Leafs pulled one off. Uh, they definitely did. Yes, they definitely did. And, um, so. you know, isn't this something when you think about it, right? Because, you know, I think the curse is officially over. You remember when Toronto was up by a score of 4-1 to one versus the Boston Bruins 
with uh, what was it, uh, less than 10 minutes to go in period number three, right? Yep. Well, what happened? The Bruins awesome. came back, and they won that game by a score of 5-4 in overtime. Years later, it's Toronto that's down 4-1, and they come back, and they beat Tampa Bay 5-4 in overtime. The curse of the Maple Leafs is officially a thing of the past. They've broken the curse. This is the year of the Leafs. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about that Boston, uh, that, that series with Boston. I was at a Motley Crue concert in Montreal yeah. the night that that happened. And when it was 4-1 Toronto, I remember looking at my buddies and saying, I'm betting Boston on this game. They were down, and I bet Boston to come back. I don't want to contradict what you're saying. I don't want to contradict what Eric is saying. The minute we get off this podcast, I'm going looking for the line, and I'm picking Tampa Bay to win this series. I'll give you better odds than you'll find on the line. I'm on. I, I don't see it. All right. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet. Toronto's not blowing this one. Toronto's not blowing this one. Tampa's the best team, the better team on paper. They're they're they got the experience and, and Toronto's got the history. Yeah. I, I gotta go. I gotta I gotta keep I gotta keep on going. Hedman's banged up. He is Cernak's out. Bunting's coming back. And uh and Braden Point's banged up. And Andre Vasileski is a shadow. He's nowhere near the goalie that he used to be. Well, he's proven different in all elimination games, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I. you know what? A lot of people are saying, don't bet against Toronto. No, I'm, I'm calling it. Uh, to, to, don't bet against Tampa, I'm calling it. Toronto, five, man. It's over, man. It's over. All right, okay. <laughs> I know you talked about a Motley Crue concert, but I got a quick, uh, I got a funny story for you. Yeah. You remember the former public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, yes, I forget his name, but I have his face, yeah. Paul Morris. Yes. Paul Morris is his name. All right. And um, Paul Morris used to, he's the guy that used to sound something like this, right? Um, Maple Leafs goal scored by number 21, Borea Salming. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what he's thought. Yeah. yeah. So Paul Morris uh, at one point announced a concert that was going to take place at the Maple Leaf Gardens, right? So, of course, he, you know, he's reading off a script, right? And uh, he announced, guess who was, uh, guess who was going to be um, playing in Toronto? Guess which concert? Motley Crue. Twenty-two top. <laughs> Obviously, ZZ Top, and he read it wrong, and uh, he said uh, he said twenty-two top. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. That's one for the ages. Yeah, hey, so uh, you were in what? You were in Toronto at the card show, uh, as was like everybody else, like anybody who was anybody was in Toronto. Anybody that collects sports cards should have been in Toronto this weekend. It was Thursday to Sunday, uh, wall-to-wall action. Just everything, you name it, from cards to memorabilia to any kind of collectibles you could possibly find. Uh, uh, wrestling, uh, hockey. Wrestling too, really? Wow. Everything. Yeah, wrestling, UFC, uh the guy, I saw a guy, he bought a... Pardon me, pardon me. Do wrestling cards have value? Like if... Uh... Oh, tremendous. A lot of value. A lot of value. Really? I saw, yeah, I saw a guy this year with a signature, an auto card of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Card was going over like $6,000. Emositumo. Yeah, Undertaker. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior. These guys, like I'm telling you, they're wow. Yeah, wrestling cards. Now, yeah. what is you know? I think Mickey Mantle card is the most valuable card in the world. Is that right? I just I, I think I saw that here on, on social media somewhere. I think the gentleman who bought it bought it for 120 <clears throat> or something, and now it's yeah, 25 million dollars. Is that right? That's right. That guy's uh, the guy's famous. Yeah. Okay, well, what a smart businessman he is. Yeah. Um, it's time to sell, though, eh, bud? It's time to sell. At 25 million, sell it now. Yeah. Uh, you still got to find a buyer, probably, though, right? 
exactly exactly like uh, like i said last uh, show the more your card is worth the less amount of people you have to buy so uh you know it depends where you what what league you want to play in so you know if you got that kind of card you have a select few that can actually buy it some people will actually buy it as a group um people will own it as a group you can buy um there's actually uh there's actually a app out there for sports called uh sports it's called uh liquid liquid collection or liquid and you can buy in on a sports card with other people so oh really yeah you can wow. invest on yeah like a stock oh is that isn't that something all right okay yeah now uh, you know wrestling cards uh, i mean is it safe to say that uh, a hulk hogan card is probably the most valuable card that's out there or is there other cards you know what i'm not the professional on wrestling i cards got it and i, and I respect but, that yeah, that's okay. That's I, I don't. I, I don't expect you to be. I would guess. I would guess that yes, it probably would be though. For yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. And if it's not, I mean, someone's going to tell us because I'm sure that there's somebody watching that probably knows a lot about wrestling cards. Yeah. Um, and so we had some. Uh, we had some. We had some uh, viewers that I ran into at the uh, sports card show. Really? Really? Yeah. Did they yeah. give you their names or? Uh, they did not give me their names. They shook my hand and, and thanked me for what we do on the show. They like the, they like the sports card, uh, show that we do. And, uh, yeah. they were there shopping. They recognized me and, uh, said to say hi to you. So, ah, pretty yeah. good. You see, yeah. we made you, we made you famous on the show, Chris. <laughs> yeah. They recognized me. It was good. That, that's going to cost you another two G's per month, Chris. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll getting aside. Why should... A card collector go to a show like that one that took place in Toronto on the weekend. So, I a lot of people like to just the people that are in the sports cards just love to eat up all the information and talk about sports cards and talk and geek it out or whatever you want to call it with other sports cards uh, members. And the place to go is in a card show like this. So. You can go to all these different booths and you can network and you're meeting people from Calgary and you're meeting people from Nevada and Vegas and all of California, all over the States that wow. come to the, that come to the Toronto card show. And you're going to see the guys from the States. You're going to be interested more into their baseball cards and they're going to want to know about your hockey cards and they're going to want to know your opinion on what they should buy in hockey cards and you're going to get their knowledge on on football and baseball and basketball wow so you can so if share I, if i was if i was you i would buy hockey cards from them absolutely you're, you're going to take them to the cleaners they don't know what so, you're talking about well i went to the show i went to the show in california i was in yeah. la this year and i would say that only about five percent of the show was hockey all the rest was was baseball basketball football Kind of sounds like the hockey ratings in the states, less than five percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it is, it is what it is. But like, uh, just the networking that you can do there. A lot of people like to sell their cards online in different groups. They, a lot yeah. of people like to consign their cards to different people that sell online. eBay is a big seller. They're at the, the eBay is at the show, and all the yeah. other all the other consignment guys are there. Oh yeah. Upper Deck is there. So if you want to go there, Upper Deck is giving out free packs and free stuff. They're promoting a, a big time over there. They have a big booth. All the grading companies are there. So if you want to get a card graded, you bring it in and they're doing on-site submissions or some of them are doing even evaluations. On yeah. On-site evaluations, on-site grading. Yeah. So you, you pay a little extra, but you leave your card, come back two, three hours later and your card is graded. Yeah. So, these are all advantages, big advantages for yeah. sports card collectors. Hey, Chris, knowing how big college sports is in the States. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of these stores in the States, they're probably heavy on these college cards. They are. And college cards are, we don't, we don't notice it as much here, but in the States they're big and they have cards, you know, okay. they, they have, there's every year the prism, there's a prism draft, they call it 
Uh, they have the dr prism draft picks. So uh, I remember opening up. I got a nice uh, Trevor Lawrence one time out of a prison draft. It was, you know, he was with Clemson at the time. Yeah. Uh, in his uniform, some some of the Mac Jones stuff, some of the Herbert, all of them. But in they're actually in their in their university uh, in their college uh, gear. So Pretty that is cool. big in the states. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, in, in, in terms of these, uh, in terms of these cards, uh, I was, I was wondering, uh, I saw Alex Kovalev. He was signing some cards and stuff. Who, who was, who was the biggest name that was there signing cards? The biggest name that was there, I want to say from our era now would have been Zdeno Chara. Oh, okay. So That's the big Z. Big yeah, he was there. Yeah. Um, Kovalev, I saw Chelios. I saw Bruce Boudreaux. Speaking of wrestling, Kurt Angle was there. Um, there was some other Mano Riom was there. Yeah. Um, but I think Zdeno Charo was like the biggest one. Uh, last did, year was did, there. Did you have an eye on Kovalev by any chance? Like, were you were you close to him? I'm just I'm wondering was he oh, pacing, yeah. was he pacing himself like just not going a hundred percent or yeah. <laughs> he was yeah no I went by I went and checked it out I saw yeah. where uh, he was signing autographs and there was there's quite a few people in the line. Um. He looks old. He looks old. He, uh, yeah, but he looks he's old. Noticed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went by and I almost didn't recognize him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but it's okay. So kind I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to show you a card that I picked up there. I brought it yeah. back to Montreal because you find I look younger or look at, look at uh, my face is thinner now than it has been in like six or seven years, by the way. It is. It is. It is. You're, yeah. you're glowing. You're 23 glowing. pounds in the last 28 days. Thank you very much. That's yeah. great. Well, it's good. Great is actually being able to keep it off. That's great. All right. Okay. Show me what you picked up. <clears throat> so there's a guy from Alberta there. His name is Jeremy Lee. I uh, I talk to him all the time. And okay. What I went by his booth. He does he does a a show kind of like ours, but out in Alberta. And uh, ours is better. One. Yeah, ours is better for sure. Yeah, 100. percent He wanted. He had this card and and it was sitting on his on his on his booth in his booth and I, I just I had to get it because it's it doesn't belong in Alberta it belongs in Montreal so Carrie Price wow I don't know how close you can see there well what do you what do you want me to look at I want you to look here one of one that's a NHL shield they call so it's the the that's from his jersey, the NHL uh, off his jersey, the little patch there. It's yeah. An NHL NHL shield, one of one, uh, rookie year, Carey Price rookie year. How much did you pick that up for? I picked it up for three k. You picked it up for three thousand dollars. I picked it up for three thousand dollars, and he threw me into the uh, pretty popular uh, jambalaya. Harry okay. prices. So I got two of these thrown you in there. And you picked it up, obviously, because you live in Montreal, and that the, that card is going to hold its most value here that, in Montreal. Oh, that card's at least, I think that card's worth 5K. It's a one of one. I'll decide. Wow. You know? So, and now it's in Montreal. It's where it should be. Wow. Montreal card Montreal card show's coming up. 11, 12, 13th of May. You're going to sell that card that weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. So, and uh, so there's some things there that so, you. So how does this work in terms of like? So you're gonna put a price tag on it, right? Yeah. Okay. Can you say make me an offer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to put a price tag on it. You say make me an offer. Yeah. So you don't put a price tag on it. Somebody comes up to you and says, "I'll give you eight G's." Perfect. And you're sold. gonna say sold. Yeah. And you just made five G's. Yeah, these what the these shows these shows are made for that. This what shows we're gonna are do. this is we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna do. Don't tell anybody what we're gonna do though. You and I, I'm gonna bring you buyers. We're gonna go 50-50. Okay, so okay. you bought it for three k. I'm gonna bring somebody for eight. Yeah, and uh, then we're gonna do twenty five hundred each profit. Sounds good. Perfect. <laughs> you see, that, that, why? Why? You know, you've been on for about a year. Why did it take this long to negotiate a deal with you? I mean, you and no, us, we, I, need to, we need to I'm establish not, a partnership here. I mean, I, I, what's going on here? I, I'm not hard to work with. It's, no, it's no, neither easy. am I. You know? it's, uh, so once you once you study the market and you know your prices, I you know there's a lot of stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Here, I got two. I got Young Guns, Connor McDavid. Young Guns, Connor McDavid. Probably wow. one of. The, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't going to buy these cards. These okay. cards are not. Those cards are not on my radar. But okay. I went by. But I went by someone's table, and I know that those PSA nines are two thousand dollars all day, every day. And the guy he put a sticker on them for fourteen twenty five. So I said, okay, well, how about we do twenty eight hundred for two of them, fourteen hundred dollars each? And the guy said, I'll do that. I wasn't. I I, I didn't expect to buy that. I can have That's, them sold for you tomorrow. I know. So can I. Uh, tomorrow the store was closed today, but tomorrow I'm back to work. Yeah, and uh, someone's gonna want what? What? Who doesn't want McDavid? I mean, put, put those on hold. Actually, okay. Yeah. Do this. Do this. Yeah. Give me thirty minutes tonight. Okay. To connect you with somebody. Okay. Yeah, I know somebody that uh, just you know whatever exists from Connor McDavid, he'll buy. Like These if, are Connor, if Connor McDavid walks into a store and buys himself a soft drink, and then you know throws that bottle in the garbage, this person will go into the garbage and pick up that bottle. Uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, if in case he asks, these are PSA nines. So, but what? What? They're, they're PSA nines of what year exactly? What? What are they? Two thousand. They're rookie year, fifteen, sixteen, two thousand fifteen, sixteen. It's a. It's the Connor McDavid Young Guns. This is his rookie card. Yeah. Connor McDavid that, rookie card. Yeah. Two thousand fifteen, sixteen. What are you asking for? Well, I think they're worth two two thousand. You think if they're he worth wants, if he wants if he wants both, he can make me an offer. Okay. All right, okay. Yeah, two cards, two thousand. If he wants both, he can probably get them, you know, maybe let's just say thirty seven, thirty eight. I'm gonna see if he can give you fifteen thousand dollars and uh, you and I were going on vacation this summer. Perfect. We got a few no, more. No. No, no, he's a very good friend of mine. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be very much interested. That's Nick Suzuki, yeah? Yeah, that's Nick Suzuki, Young Guns, there. Canvas. Okay. That's a PSA 10. So, Pick that you know, up. So, you know, when we're talking Young Guns, does that necessarily translate to a rookie card? Excuse my ignorance? Or? Yeah, Young Guns okay. is a rookie card. Okay. Yeah, every year. What are you selling that one for? Uh, that one, I'm going to say around 250 That's a PSA 10? Yeah. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Those that are watching tonight via YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, man, they got a much better idea of the cards that uh, of the cards that uh, that you were able to pick up at this store at this uh, Toronto yeah. Sports uh, Expo. Man, that, there's some good stuff that you picked up there. You you pick up anything. I, I sometimes I look. So those the ones I sold. I told you there. McDavid, I wasn't looking for. Suzuki, I wasn't looking for. The guys that I were looking, I, I was, of course, I uh, collect Tiger Woods and Acuna. Here's my two Acuna pickups. Very nice. These are going in my personal collection, so those won't be for sale. Wow. I got, I got the carry price. Wow. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll laugh because the, the very first booth I went to, I found an underpriced card at, at the time. At the time on Thursday night, and already the market has crashed on this guy. Who are we talking about? Stuart Skinner. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Young Guns PSA ten. I saw it hey. on the first on Thursday night. It was on Thursday night. It it was uh, Edmonton was up. So and, what's uh, what's that car going for right now? Uh, probably 120, 140. After last night's uh, performance, uh, more like pesos instead of dollars. More right, like... Uh, we're we're going to end it with this. I got one more question for you. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers goes from Green Bay to the New York Jets. D does his card go down today? Yes. It goes down today. Wow. Yeah. 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 I... The, the Packers have quite a good market. Okay. And... Uh, I don't imagine the Jets are going to do great. Um, we'll see, but so.
That's, hey, uh, great stuff. Go by. Check out uh, Chris at uh, Sports Cards La Tornade. Uh, of course, collectibles and more uh, at One Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil, Dorian. Chris, uh, thanks for uh, everything tonight. I thought you were fantastic tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tony. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, special thanks once again to La Bitta TB, Le uh, Groupe Geloso, who distributes the beer, and Energy Transportation Group for all of their support. And thank you to all of you as well. Uh, for all of you watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, so we can feel the love. And if you're going to listen on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It really is our way of knowing that you love the podcast, and I know we love doing it. For Agnello and Sammy and Master Control, their Cavallaro, I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. <laughs>